Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we've had a busy 24 hours. Yes, Kamala Harris has suspended her campaigning after one of her staffers tested positive for COVID. Uh, That's a big story, roiling the campaign. Another thing roiling the campaign, the revelation by the New York Post that there may be emails suggesting that Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden's Burisma company officials. That is also trending, and we have some news of our own on that from Just the News I'm going to talk about. Uh, And then we have a really interesting uh, story by Kerry Sheffield, our great TV host and um, our White House correspondent. She took a look at state by state how our state's recovering from the COVID uh, outbreak, and she found a remarkable trend. Red is recovering, blue is in recession, Why is that? And we're going to talk about that in a second as well. And then a very special guest joining us from the left coast, the amazing, great actor, the Hollywood actor, Kirk Cameron is here to join us. You know Kirk from his role, iconic role, as Mike Seaver on the the Growing Pains uh, show years ago. That's where he made his name. He's been in movies. He's done so much work in the faith space. He's a deep, devout Christian. And he's here to talk about a special event that's coming up and a special movement in California about religious freedom. You're not going to want to miss this. This is an amazing thing. It's called Non-Essential. We're going to talk to him about what that means, where they came up with a name for it, what they're going to do. There's a big hint. I think 1,000 or 2,000 people are going to violate California's uh, laws this weekend or their rules, regulations, for not gathering in churches in an act of defiance to make the point that faith shouldn't be deemed non-essential. We're going to talk to Kirk about that and all the other things going on in the religious freedoms world today. And uh, while we're at it, we might as well talk about social media freedom because apparently we don't have a lot of it. Yes, Facebook and Twitter have been censoring the stories about Hunter Biden and his information in a clear and overt effort to politicize information that should be available to all Americans. Instead, they're censoring it. Uh, We live in 1984, George Orwell, for sure now. We've got these oligarchs of the tech industry imposing their will, their thought, their restrictions on free speech in a country that was built to be free when it came to speech. So we're going to talk about all that, but first, we're going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about three headlines on Just the News that I think are very important. I want you to take a look at them today. We mentioned the breaking news about Kamala Harris. We wish her and her staff well. Uh, But when we get back, we're going to take a look at some of the enterprise stories we've had on justthenews.com, important talkers uh, that you can bring to the water cooler, the dinner table, the boardroom after you've heard them. But first, a word from our great sponsors and advertisers, the people who make this show possible. We love you. We thank you. And if you want to support this show, support their great products and services, you're going to hear about them right now. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, 
liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Remember, all those great people you just heard from Kansas City Steak and uh, My Pillow are all the great people that are supporting us every day. Remember to buy their products. Remember to check out their websites. The special offers they're offering just the news fans are crazy. I'm making use of them all the time. In fact, I think I got to buy some new steaks for the weekend, so I got to get my order in so they get here in time. Um, but everything that those great advertisers do make this show possible, make the journalism of Just the News possible. And if you want to support us, please support them as well. We're so grateful for all they do for us. All right, to the headlines. Today, instead of doing a monologue, I wanted to just tell you a little bit about three stories that I think are so important on the uh, Just the News site. It kind of shows the originality and, and enterprising nature of our reporters, people like Kerry Sheffield and Daniel Payne, um, uh, we, we've got really great people, Suzanne, uh, Susan Keating at the Pentagon, one of the great national security experts. Um, you see them all the time on the, on our, um, site. And now if you haven't checked it out, go to real America's voice. That's a brand new cable and over the, uh, top, uh, digital direct, uh, news channel that we're partnered with. You can get it on channel 219 on dish network and channel 240 on the Pluto, uh, system pluto is really cool it's for cable cutters people don't have cable tv they can watch free programming on this incredible platform known as pluto we're channel 240 there real america's voice our partner we have three shows a day carrie sheffield at nine o'clock in the morning and at four in the afternoon the one and only dave brody with the water cooler and uh, soon to start i think as early as next week we're going to have a new show with Eric Greitens, the former Navy SEAL, former governor of Missouri, called Actionable Intelligence. We can't wait to get this uh, new show on air. You're going to love it. Eric is a rising star for television. He's already been a star in politics and in, in his service to his country. You're going to want to watch his show. It's great. So right now, many ways you can watch it. You can go to justthenews.com, click on the TV tab, and there's a live player of Real America's Voice right now. You can go see that. You can go to channel 219. If you're a Dish Network subscriber, you can go to channel 240 on uh, Pluto. That's a great way to get it. I love watching Pluto. I, I didn't know about it until about a year ago. Now Viacom's built it. It's a half billion dollar a year company. Very impressive platform. Gives you internet-based television just like it was a cable box. I love it. Go to channel 240. You can get Real America's Voice that way. And then the third way you can get it, you can go to your iStore, I, uh, Apple Store, your App Store there, or your Google uh, app store and download the America's voice app. It's a great app. It's simple, easy to use. You can watch our programs all day long. So three ways, four ways really to watch on dish on Pluto, on uh, your app and phone 
And, of course, you can always go to justthenews.com, click on the TV tab. Yes, we're in the TV business. Now, how cool is that? Well, you go right there. You can see it. And we've got the great programs. Uh, Carrie Sheffield at 9. If you miss it, you can catch the episode later on that TV tab. And then David Brody at 4. If you miss it, you can catch it on the TV tab afterwards. And soon to come, Eric Greitens and his new show, Actionable Intelligence, could be launching as early as next week. Pretty cool. Uh, that's it. All right. So let's talk about the headlines because uh, I, I love this first story because it shows the enterprising nature of Carrie Sheffield and all the good work she does. Um, she took a look at the COVID recovery. You know, we're, we're at about 8.9, 8.8 uh, unemployment. But how does that split out? Um I'm sorry, that's 7.9% unemployment now. It was 8.4 back in August. It went down to 7.9 in September. So it's been going down, down, down. That's good news. But how does it play out state by state? And here's what she found. This is a remarkable thing. She took a look and the unemployment rate in red states, those run by Republican governors, was 6.6% at the end of September. And those run by Democrats, you know, places like California with Gavin Newsom, New York uh, with... Uh, Mar- uh, Mario Cuomo's son, Andrew Cuomo, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, you can go, you know, all the all the blue states, Michigan with uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, their unemployment rate was not 6.6, not 7.6, not 8.6. How about 10.5%? So there really is a tale of two economies in America, one that's coming back quicker run by Republicans, one that's lagging behind and suffering with large business closures and layoffs. And that's in the blue states. Check this story out. I think it's a really great story. She did a lot of work on the data and the analysis. Got great voices talking about it. I think she talked about it on her show as well today. Uh, her show is called Just the News AM with Carrie Sheffield on at 9 a.m. on the Real America's Voice uh, Network on our website, on your apps in Pluto, all the places we just talked about. All right, so that is Carrie Sheffield's great story. Very, very proud of it. I think you'll enjoy it as well. Now, there's another good story, uh, and that's by my good colleague, Daniel Payne, who does such amazing work. He's really focused on some big issues. He's been our main reporter on COVID-19 and some of the alarmism that isn't supported by the facts. He's also done a lot of great work on uh, ballot fraud and election fraud and all the concerns we have there. And he has a really interesting story this morning. Uh, The headline is, Key Battleground States Don't Require Signature Matching on Mail-In Ballots. So that's important. So in these important states, uh, they don't have to match and make sure that the person who says they sent in the ballot is the person that filled out the registration form and is therefore legally allowed to uh, file that ballot. There are five states uh, that are super competitive, right? They're going to probably determine this race. North Carolina, Iowa, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire. None of them. None of them, Daniel reports, require signature matching for mailed voting forms. In other words, there's no check and balance. So if you're concerned about voter fraud, if you're concerned in the states, uh, this is a place where there's an, a dual system. There are some states that require matching, some don't. These are five very important states that very well could tip the election, and they are not uh, matching signatures with the ballots meaning someone could pull off fraud and they wouldn't get caught because there's no check and balance. So great, great piece by Daniel Payne. Uh, Check it out if you get the chance. Uh, It's on our site, uh, justthenews.com. Very important story. Uh, We think it's an uh, important story too. Now, I've got two more quick ones and then we're going to go to commercial break. And when we come back, yes, Kirk Cameron, the great actor, the great activist, the great man of faith, here to talk about his movement against 
non-essential. Why does he say that? California, he says, doesn't consider faith essential. He disagrees, and he's going to tell you why and what he's doing about it when we come up after the commercial break. But first, a couple more quick stories. Uh, I know a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast who read Just the News have been interested in accountability as it relates to Russia and Ukraine, the Joe Biden scandals. Well, there is a development on that. You all know by now the New York Post story, the claim of those emails. The possibility that contrary to what he told us, Joe Biden may have met with Burisma officials, Hunter Biden's company, in April of 2015. Well, after that story came out, we tried to do some original reporting because we've done a lot of lawsuits. We've sued the State Department for documents, and we keep getting them. And here's what we found. There's the man who is alleged to have met with um, Joe Biden in April 2015 at Hunter's insistence, who worked for Ukraine sort of as their COO or their... um, their uh, public relations guy. His name is Vadim Pazarsky. And so we did a check, this Vadim Pazarsky. So if he, if he met with Joe, Vice President Joe Biden, as the New York Post alleges, could he have also met with other Obama state officials? And sure as heck, we went through our FOIA documents and what, what did we find out? Vadim Pazarczyk uh, met uh, in uh, 2016 with the Foreign Aid Agency of the State Department, the Obama State Department, known as USAID, that's the people that give all the money away, and he pitched the company in an effort, uh, according to these emails, to secure future business. They wanted to expand their partnerships with USAID. What is remarkable? All right, well, company in Ukraine wants to do business with the U.S. government. What's remarkable? Why, why, why is there a scandal about the meeting? Because at the very moment this meeting occurred, the State Department had reported Burisma for many years as being corrupt, but they had reported that they had paid one bribe to Ukrainian prosecutors in 2015, this after Hunter Biden joined the board. And then they would report in December 2016, right after this meeting, a second bribe uh, alleged. And yet, despite the State Department's egregious concerns that this company, Burisma Holdings, employing Hunter Biden as a board member, was corrupt, They agreed to have a meeting with him and talk about future partnership, future business. We have photos where they're meeting with the USAID. You can check them out on the story. You can see them meeting with the ambassador, Marie Ivanovich. At the time, Obama's ambassador, later Trump's ambassador, he fired her, but uh, she sort of became a controversy during the Ukraine scandal. But throughout this entire process, uh, there's a great question. If the State Department really believed Burisma and his executives were uh, corrupt. Why Why in the world would they give them an audience? First, allegedly to Vice President Joe Biden and then to USAID and the State Department. These documents confirm it. Uh, in fact, there was a section, a briefing member for Yovanovitch where they put this information in and it was under the headline, watch out for. It was a warning section of the memo. Hey, these guys want to be doing business with USAID. Don't meet with them. Right after Vadim uh, uh, Pazarsky met with the USAID State Department officials. Uh, a lawyer for Burisma got a one-on-one meeting with the ambassador, Ambassador Yovanovitch, in December 8th of 2016. This is, again, remarkable. The State Department considers this company corrupt, and yet they keep giving them audiences. I think the likely answer is because Hunter Biden, the Joe vice president's son, was on the board. We see the name mentioned often in the memos. The State Department was worried about that. But why are they meeting with a corrupt company? If they were so worried about it, why did they send a mixed message by meeting? And in this meeting, obviously, Blue Star Strategies, the firm representing Brisma, was making a pitch for the State Department to help them settle all the corruption investigations against Burisma. Um, so 
pretty unusual treatment for a company that we would normally consider corrupt and the State Department wanted nothing to do with, and yet they're meeting with them. First to talk about business, second to talk about their investigations. Very odd and really suggests that there may have been some special treatment just because Hunter Biden, the vice president's son, was on that company's board. So check that story out at justinnews.com. The headline is, Burisma official reportedly linked to Joe Biden also met with state officials in 2016 memo show. You can rest assured this story's true. How can you? I put all the memos up in the digging tab. You click on it, you know right away, you can read the memos yourself. The State Department gave me these under a FOIA lawsuit. So they are authentic State Department documents. You can read them yourselves. You don't have to take my word for it. Um, they're sitting in the dig in tab as you read the story. I hope you enjoy that. All right. Finally, uh, I get this question often and I always have a disappointing answer. Is there accountability still going on, uh, in the, uh, Russia scandal? Are we going to see the level of accountability that, um, many of you, uh, believe should have been, uh, meted out? And the answer is, I don't think so. Not if you take the case of Bruce Orr as an example. So Bruce Orr, if you remember, was that senior Justice Department official who uh, was friends with Christopher Steele, was a conduit for information with Christopher Steele. And when Steele got fired by the FBI or terminated, as they call it, because he had been leaking in violation of being a confidential human source um, or kept funneling information from Steele through the back door to the FBI. And he did so at a time when his wife was also working for the same firm as Steele, which raises questions about a conflict of interest or concern. Well, uh, Bruce Orr yesterday was allowed to retire without penalty right after he found out that disciplinary action was imminent in his case. His conduct, possible conflict of interest, inappropriate crossover in his his responsibilities at the Justice Department, that was being looked at. And the Justice Department admits he was allowed to retire before this disciplinary action could come down on him. Um, If that feels like accountability to you, holler. If it doesn't, holler louder. Uh, There's something uh, that, once again, reinforces what I think a lot of people see in America two departments of justice, one for everyday Americans and Donald Trump and Mike Flynn and all those, and another for the insiders in the department and the FBI called the Department of Just Us, where they get lighter treatment, disparate treatment compared to everyday Americans. I know now why Americans have that frustration because we keep getting examples like this. Well, you can check that out as well. The headline on that story, Bruce Orr retires from DOJ after informed Disciplinary decision was imminent on Russia case. Check it out. I wrote that one. All the others were written by the great reporters I mentioned. All right, enough with the news. You can go to justthenews.com, get your news fixed whenever you want. We're going to that commercial break. And when we come back, the one, the only, Kirk Cameron joins us from Hollywood to talk us about a very important movement in the religious liberty uh, front in California. It's called Non-Essential. Buckle your seatbelt. This is going to be a fun interview. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest joining us from California, the one, the only, Kirk Cameron. Yes, you've seen him in all of those great shows. Growing Pains is where we all remember him as Mike Seaver. But he's done so much since then, and we're so blessed to have him here on the show today to talk about something he's doing this weekend called Non-Essential. Kirk, welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, John. Great to be talking with you. I appreciate you, and uh, it's just really exciting for me to, to be on the podcast. Well, same here. And uh, you're doing something uh, really big this weekend called Non-Essential, and it's a big statement by a large number of people standing up for religion, for religious freedom in California against a state that has deemed, I guess, faith non-essential. So tell us a little bit what, what you're up to. We're calling this this big event non-essential as a, as a play on words. Uh, as as you just mentioned, I live in California, and um, it, it's shocking to many of us uh, to see the um, just the similarities to socialism and the government's uh, edicts that are coming down in the name of safety that are s- slowly but surely stripping us of freedoms that we would never have otherwise given up. So here in California, you still can't go to church. Uh, you can't go inside a restaurant and all of the gyms are closed uh, while abortion clinics and weed shops and liquor stores are all open. Um, riots are happening. Violence is, is going on everywhere, uh, supported by the governor. And you start to realize that, wow, everything that guys and, and girls like you and me value and hold as precious and sacred as Christians and as Americans Uh, is being deemed non-essential from the lives of the unborn to being able to go to church, to be able to uh, freely uh, protest outside our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights, and and many in government would love to make these things non-existent. And this is an event where some of the smartest people I know have come together to say, uh, we are essential, you are essential. And it's essential that we wake up, that we stand up, and that we vote. And these people are Dinesh D'Souza, Charlie Kirk, Sissy Graham, myself, and others. And we have uh, a very important event that's going to be broadcast on Facebook this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 5 p.m. here in California. And uh, it's going to be an incredible event that nobody is going to want to miss. We'll be led in worship by Danny Gokey. And we're going to be 2,500 people inside a church in California uh, going against the governor's uh, edict. And we are doing this because gathering uh, as the body is essential. Well, that's a big number of people. I bet you uh, California governor is not going to be too happy, is he? Gavin Newsom's going to... Uh, well, the people in this church have been uh, gathering every single Sunday. That's right. As well as several other churches, but they're taking uh, a hit for it. Right. And um, uh, again, I think we, we are, we're, we're, we're buying a lie as Americans, and we need to wake up and understand what's actually at stake before it's too late. It is a remarkable thing to, to think that we live in an era where people are told they can't go to church, they can't worship, but they can go to Walmart in uh, the same uh, numbers. Now, yeah. when you have this event, will you have precautions? Will you do social distancing? What sort of things will you do to make sure that um, people are safe? I'm sure you have some, some plan for that, right? So people are, yes, and, and, and I'm not organizing the event right. per se, so right, right. there's going to be a lot of people there. But this is, this is a church where um, 
the pastor of the church is trusting people to do what's best for themselves, their family, and their health care. Wow. And so if you want to wear a mask, you're welcome to wear a mask. If you right. want a social distance, you're welcome to. But if you're afraid of those who are not wearing a mask, don't come. Right. You're welcome to stay at home. And that traditionally has always been how we've handled <clears throat> viruses and disease. Yep. Is you quarantine the sick, way. not the healthy. You quarantine the sick, not the healthy. Right. But this is... This has gone completely uh, overboard. I mean, and th- these are draconian measures on steroids, which you can't help but uh, question the legi- legitimacy of what so many are doing, especially here in California, when you see the narrative break down as rioters and protesters burn cities and uh, defund police, endangering people with no masks and no uh, social distancing. Uh, but that's okay. And there's other places where you go and you're – far more uh, contact with people than you ever would be inside of a church. So uh, this, this event is going to um, be uh, an event where precautions are taken, but no one's going to be mandating and telling people uh, how they need to take care of their health or whether or not uh, they you know, should or shouldn't come to the event. We're, we're trusting that people are going to do what's best for them and their families and come if you want to worship, come if you want to be informed, and come if you want to be inspired and motivated to turn our culture around. That is, uh, that's going to be a big thing. And uh, when you look out, uh, you'll have 2,500 people inside the building perhaps, but your goal is to weave together as you did with the earlier event of, of Hope Rising, maybe hundreds of thousands or millions more in support of this around the country. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's why we're coming together and we're broadcasting uh, on Facebook. Um, actually, the best way to get connected with the event, to watch and participate, is to go to nonessential.live, and that will uh, get you to where you need to go, nonessential.live. You can RSVP there. Um, but yes, we did a similar event in April during the middle of the, the quarantine where over 19 million people watched. Wow. It was an event called Hope Rising. And uh, it was a coming together of uh, Christian uh, singers and artists and speakers and pastors and other influencers. And if we have a similar result and get tens of millions of people watching, uh, we are confident that this could be a game changer. It could be the very thing needed to wake up uh, a, a sleeping church. Do you know that we had 40 million registered Christian voters who did not vote in 2016. It's amazing to uh, think, isn't it? That's just not an option this, this year. Uh, we can make all the difference as the family of faith if we will wake up and stand up and, uh, and participate. That's what we need to do. Well, it's, a, it's an amazing number. I hear that number. I've heard Ralph Reed say that number, David Lane, a lot, lot of the great organizers, and you just can't imagine there's that many people with faith that haven't exercised the greatest uh, right that uh, the Constitution gives us here, and that is to vote. So uh, what a remarkable thing to to highlight uh, two, two weeks out from Election Day, or two weeks and two days out from Election Day. Now, the um, uh, there are we're going to carry this on our uh, news site. We want people to see this event. So at justthenews.com and all of our, all of our social platforms will be uh, broadcasting this. And so people can watch this remarkable news event for us. It's an amazing news event. Uh, who else uh, are some of the partners? Where are other, who are other people that are coming together to ensure that people can participate, even if they're in Montana or Connecticut or Florida or Wisconsin, yes. how, how uh, who else is getting involved in it? 
So the people who will be on the stage uh, are just a powerhouse lineup. Dinesh D'Souza, the uh, incredible author and documentarian. Um, also, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA sure. will be with us. Sissy Graham Lynch. This is Billy Graham's granddaughter. Right. Um, uh, let's see, Pastor Rob McCoy and Pastor Jack Hibbs, whose churches are open and they're doing incredible things. God is using their ministry uh, in the midst of this crisis, and they're seeing thousands of new believers baptized, even when uh, their ministries have been deemed non-essential by the governor. So they're going to be talking with us. We have a frontline doctor who's going to be talking with us about the reality of the coronavirus and, uh, and, and how it's possible to, have, to make the cure worse than the disease, which, in fact, is what's been happening in our country. So uh, they're going to be those who are going to help uh, sort of get us out from under this web of fear that's paralyzing many of us and get us on the offense and, and understanding what we can do to um, keep America from collecting, collectively stepping off the cliff into the abyss of socialism and spiritual and moral decline and get back into the path that leads to blessing and life. It's um, it's a remarkable thing that we we this year 2020 really has been the flashpoint for religious liberty in ways that we haven't seen. We've covered lots of stories, all the Thomas More lawsuits with Jenna Ellis and all the great lawyers who've been going to the uh, defense of people like Rob McCoy. Uh, and uh, we just had a big victory here in Washington, D.C. for religious liberties where uh, the uh, Capitol Hill Baptist Church uh, was told they were allowed to um, uh, worship, and uh, Mayor Bowser here in D.C. was overruled for her um, ban on on church gatherings. So all across the country, there's these lawsuits. There's this discussion going on. What do you think is at the root of this? What caused this moment? I mean, obviously, there's the fear and panic of COVID-19, but it, it seems larger than a disease. And I wonder if you you've done a lot of thought, and obviously, you're inspired to do such a big event to speak out. What do you think is, has this been a, um, a moment that's been approaching us for some time quietly and it snuck up on us, but how did we get to be so anti-faith in America? It seems as though governments don't put it as a priority, even, even in a moment when faith would help us get through such a, a tough time yeah. as COVID. Well, you know, just, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a student of history because history allows us to look back and see what happens when certain choices are made. And, um, uh, we need to do that here in America because we don't know what, uh, you know, a, a real persecuted church looked like in America yet. Um, thank God we, we don't. But uh, it's coming if we don't respond differently than we have in the past. So government is, is essentially power, right? Civil government is essentially the power to enforce, to make laws, to uh determine whether people are innocent or guilty of breaking those laws and then punishing people uh, by enforcing those laws. And uh, power is always seeking more and more power. And those who, who wield that power want more and more of it. Well, for people like you and me, we have an ultimate authority and power, and that's the power of God. And, and the way God brings heaven to earth is by, by, by sending his power to work through the hearts of his people. Um, and, and so governments, historically, the stronger and more powerful they get, become more and more of an enemy of the faith. Because people have an allegiance to God that supersedes their allegiance to civil government. 
And we live in a country that, that actually based our, our, uh, our constitution on that idea that our rights are not given to us by the government, they're given to us by God, and government put in place to protect those rights. Uh, so when government starts to usurp the power of God and starts to sit in the seat of the ultimate authority, uh, they don't want the faith, they don't want the church to get in the way. And that's when you start to see churches persecuted. They become, they, they're destroyed. Ultimately, you, you get into socialism. Inevitably, historically, it leads to a totalitarian power that will destroy the church or at the very least silence the church and the faith and marginalize it so that it's, it's, it's useless. It's, it's powerless. It's a, and I think that's where we're headed because the, the heart of man is in desperate need of a, of a transformation, and that only comes through the power of God. And, and, and that's why we want to wake up the church. We want the church to wake up and for people to live out their faith, to think God's thoughts, and to act in the way that Jesus would act. And we have the privilege of doing that through choosing our leaders uh, and governing ourselves and our families. And, uh, and, and and that's the moment that we find ourselves in right now, a real critical moment. I love your personal story, and I've, I've known it for years. Uh, but um, when did you realize that you were called to be something bigger than just an actor or a business person or a husband? I mean, you've done an awful lot in the faith space and the public policy space over the last 10, 15 years. And I'm curious, when, when did that moment happen when you realized your faith was your calling in the public square, not not just in your own private life? Because um, it, uh, there must have been eight or, or probably many transformational moments. But what were those moments that led you to step forward and say, I'm going to bring faith in the public square and use my celebrity to help people uh, embrace faith and, and grow in, in God? Yeah. Well, uh, I started growing pains uh, when I was 14 years old, when I played Mike Stevens on that show. And I, right. when I was 17 years old, God gave me the gift of faith in the gospel. And so I, I don't even look at this as my faith. I look at it as, as faith that God has given me and, and, and opened my eyes. And that, that sent me, um, it changed the trajectory of my, my goals. I wanted to live a life that was going to honor God, that would say thank you for the, for the blessings that he'd given, he's given me. And uh, I, I didn't really ever decide to use my faith in the public square per se or to uh, wield celebrity for the sake of advancing a message. I just felt when I read the Bible that God wants me to not divorce my faith from the rest of my life. So if I'm wa working on a TV show or a movie, I'm not to divorce my faith and somehow leave it at the church when I decide what kind of roles I want to play. And that doesn't mean I, I won't play a, 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 a bad guy in a movie right, or right. be in a movie that's not a faith-based movie, but it does mean that I want to be a part of, of messages uh, and projects and, and surround myself with people who are going to advance the cause of good, who are going to advance the kingdom. And, you know, he, he, he put that faith in my heart. He gave me a song of hope. Um, and everything in my life is now determined and defined by that faith and that hope. And I know that that's how heaven comes to earth. God working through the hearts of his people. 
it's um it's a remarkable moment and uh, you you were an atheist earlier in life right you didn't believe in god when you started on growing pains you you didn't even have a relationship with god right yeah that's correct that's correct we didn't go to church growing up as, as kids um my mom had had uh, a faith in the lord but we never went to church and it wasn't until i was about 17 years old right in the middle of the tv show growing pains that someone invited me to church and that's where i heard the gospel message for the first time and started asking questions. One thing led to another and, um, and the Lord saved me. That's an amazing moment. And then you found love. I think you found love on set, right? Didn't you, uh, you met your wife, Chelsea, I think on set, isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, Chelsea, my wife actually played my girlfriend on growing pain. That's what I thought. So I like to say that I, uh, I married Mike Seaver's girlfriend <laughs> and we've been married now for 29 years. We have six children. Um, most of them are grown now and right. them are married. So entering, entering a, a really wonderful season of our life. Absolutely. You could be grandparents soon, huh? <laughs> we could. Yes. Yep. That's exciting. Um, uh, we, we've heard this week that in the nomination hearing of, um, uh, judge Barrett, the, the story of her own adoption, but you adopted four children yourself. What inspired you to do that? And what was that experience like? Well, Chelsea and I had been married for uh, several years uh, before we started a family, and, and as we discussed it, we we talked about uh, the possibility of adoption. Um, I guess one of the one of the main motivators of that is that my wife Chelsea is an adopted child herself. Really, I didn't and know so that. Is her and so is her brother. So, as we thought about pulling fam a family together, we knew that there were kids who really needed. Uh, a mom and a dad, and we wanted to be parents. And so we said, let's, let's adopt our first child. And so we did, and that was a great experience. And so we adopted uh, four children, four years in a row. Wow. God bless and you. Then had, then uh, had two natural born kids after those four. And so we got a total of six and Sometimes I forget who's adopted and who's not. <laughs> That's the way it's meant to be too, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, everything just yeah. feels, it just feels like a, one big happy family. That's an amazing uh, gift, an amazing story. Um, as you look out at 2020 in America and Hollywood and culture, one of the big things that uh, seems to be a dominant theme, uh, much like uh, religious freedom being infringed, is the cancel culture movement. If you don't agree with a certain cool, current, trending belief in America, whatever Hollywood or uh, big government tells you to think, uh, you're canceled in some way. And I wonder if, as you look out... Uh, yeah, in the last 24 hours, we've had you know, real stories being censored on, on Twitter and Facebook. How worried are you about this movement? And what do you think we can do as a country to, to fight it without, you know, and, and, you know, without fighting each other all the time, right? We're always, we always seem to be battling each other. Uh, but there's so many things that we should agree on. And how do we fight this cancel culture that if you don't agree with me, I cancel you? How, how do we beat that? Yeah, that's terrible, right? I mean, that's, that's, that, that sounds like KGB stuff. That right. sounds like communist China stuff where, yeah. you know, if we don't like what you're saying, we cancel you. Well, you know, I, 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 I fear that it'll get worse than that. If uh, government goes in a particular direction, they don't just cancel you. They incarcerate you, yeah. right, when you, when you say the wrong things. Well, there goes our freedom of speech, and we can see – uh, us heading that direction right now, that should deeply concern all of us, if not for ourselves, for our children, and for our grandchildren. Uh, we need to, you know, most of us have never even read the Constitution, let alone 
really understand it enough to be able to defend it and fight for our, our, our liberties. And uh, this cancel culture thing should be a great big wake-up call. Uh, we get canceled by our friends now. We get canceled by our own family members now. Wow. If we talk about, uh, you know, supporting the wrong candidate right. or the wrong idea. And, and I think that's so very, very dangerous. We need to get back to uh, a mutual love and respect for one another, especially within church. And understand that we can learn from one another. Um, but it's very difficult right now because of the the hatred that's being uh, inflamed and, and amplified and the name calling and uh, all, all of this stuff is, is really awful. And so we, we need to get on our knees, I think. We need to humble ourselves and we need to pray and we need to get out of this cancel culture and, and, uh, and have respectful conversations. We gotta get back to that. It, it is. It wasn't that far ago that we did it. And uh, it seems like the last 10, 12, 15 years, it's been slipping away from us. I had a, um, an uncle I was very close to growing up. He was a World War II hero, a Purple Heart winner, an amazing man. And one of the last interactions I had with him before he passed, and this would have been in early 2000s, I guess it was, um, he said to me, and I, I have never forgotten, he said, you know what, I, I said, you know, he wasn't feeling well. And it was new. He knew his time was coming to go home to Jesus. And he said, uh, I asked him, you know, when, when you leave behind this earth that you fought so hard for freedom in America, he was such a great hero. You know, what big thing do you worry about most? And this was 20 years ago. And he said, I worry that the we in America is eroding and it's becoming an us and them in America. And that's not the America I fought and shed my blood on the, on the battlefield for. And I think I look back 20 years later, how brilliant he was to see this division and divisiveness uh, coming. Um, and, and sometimes we just, we need to reconnect with all of the great people in our country rather than take down the statues of great heroes in our country, celebrate the freedom and the courage and the us, we mentality that they celebrated for America. You're doing a lot of that in your movie projects and in events like this that you're doing on the weekend. Um, uh, how much more, uh, how many more people are there like you in Hollywood and, in 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 the entertainment influence industries that are there who want to step forward and, and, and return America back to those great moments where we appreciated each other, even and we could agree to disagree without canceling each other. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm encouraged because I see more and more people making movies that have the kind of values that you and I are talking about. Right. Um, the Kendrick brothers have been at the forefront of that. The Irwin brothers have been at the forefront of that. And I'm working uh, with, more and more people uh, in the documentary world, the film world, the TV world. And, you know, Hollywood is just one sector of culture, but it's a That's powerful right. sector of culture. People watch movies, they listen to music. Uh, the entertainment industry uh, is very powerful in shaping worldviews, especially with young people. So I'm thankful for those uh, Christians who are moving into this space rather than running away from Hollywood, uh, because we need you as the new directors and writers uh, and filmmakers. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see that, and I'm seeing more and more. And when you look out, I'll, uh, last question, because I know you got an event to get back to and get ready for, but um, as you look out and you've got this big event this weekend, you've done a couple other events, what are the what are the next big things you're, you're planning to do in your life, in your career, in, in your family, in, in, in the public space? Do you have any, any big ambitions that are on not on the bucket list, but on the, uh, the must-do list? Yeah. 
great question. Um, you know, my wife and I were talking yesterday. Uh, we were just kind of winding down the day, and and she was talking about how how important it is not just to have a to do list, you know, a bucket list of things I got to do this and that and this and that in my life or this right. week or this month. She said, even more than a to do list is a to be list. Ah. Let's make sure that we check every one of the things on the to be list. I need to be faithful to God. And I need to really be the real deal, not just some kind of a celebrity right. Christian. I need to be a patient person. I need to be more others-focused than I am self-focused. That's really what I'm thinking about, John, is I, I want to be the kind of person that God called me to be, that Jesus died for me to be, that my children need for me to be. And if I can be that kind of a person, I... I think God will give me the time to do the things that he has for me to do. And, and this non-essential event is certainly at the top of my list right now. Sure. I want to continue to do culture shaping events. Um, but more than anything, I want to be a good husband, a faithful father, uh, and, a, and a, and a bold and committed Christian. And those are, those are great goals that we should first and foremost aspire to every day because it, it makes the world better from the, from the inside of our homes outward. And uh, I yep. think people who have watched you grow up on TV, watch you over the last 25 years, I think they, they'll probably affirm, I certainly affirm, that uh, you, you've become that person that we all aspire to be. Uh, we're all flawed in our own ways, but um, you set an example through your goodness and your peace and your your own family that I think um, speaks to, to millions of people silently every day. And uh, we want to thank you for being that person and, and uh, inspiring us all to be better people as, as, as well, Kirk, you're um, you are a true inspiration. Oh, There's no doubt about it. Well, yeah, brother, you have the gift of encouragement. You have no idea, yeah. uh, you know, how much I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. And yeah. I so appreciate you and this podcast and all the, all the, the guests that you have on and all the good information that you're sharing with us. Uh, please keep up the great work. We will. It's a great, it's a fun job. I go to work every day and I just am so blessed to be here and uh, to, to work in this moment in our country's history to, to inform and let other wiser people lead. Yeah. But uh, informing is an important part and um, it's, it's been a great time. All right, folks, this weekend, you're going to be able to watch this amazing event, non-essential online. We're going to air it on our website, on all of our social platforms. We want you to witness this incredible news event, this amazing faith event, this amazing, uh, uh uprising of people saying that faith does matter. It is not non-essential. It is essential. And Kirk, we thank you for the time today. We'll be watching you over the weekend and, uh, hope to get you back on the podcast soon. I'd love it. Thanks so much, John. All right, folks, we'll be back in a few seconds to wrap things up. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
All right, folks, welcome back. That wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. We're so grateful for Kirk Cameron for spending the time with us uh, this weekend. Remember, if you want to go see the event this weekend, non-essential, we're going to have it live on justthenews.com. We're going to have it on all of our social platforms. You can watch this act of civil disobedience or, as we might call it, an act of faith. Uh, people uh, going to California to a church to worship in in a violation of the state's edict that there not be essential uh, religious services right now. So check that out. That'll be on Sunday night. We'll be back next week with a whole new suite of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Until then, have a safe and healthy weekend. And remember, if you're hungry this weekend, get yourself some of those Kansas City steaks using the Just News promo code. You get 10% off plus free shipping. I'm doing that right now because I'm hungry for a steak. All right, folks, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. God bless. Until then, check out justthenews.com whenever you have a chance.